0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is the review of Don't Worry, Darling. I'm Christopher Schnaese.
1: And I'm Stephen Miller.
0: And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest films coming to a theater near you. This week, we're here to talk about a little film that I think even if you don't care or watch films or anything, you probably know about the existence of this film because this film has like the most drama... (laughs) Around it, uh, that, that you could possibly want for your film. Some might say that's a good thing, <laughs> it, you know, it helps to get, get the word out for your film, might make people want to see what all the drama was about. But my question for you, Stephen, is uh, when you were watching this film, about you know, it's kind of a story about one woman versus many, uh, one woman that other people might see as you know, throwing a wrench in the operations or uh, you know, just overall somebody that is kind of being gaslit by a bunch of other people could you not help but like watch this film with the context of all the drama around the story and to see how ironic it is that Florence Pugh <laughs> is playing this character
1: yep definitely <laughs> I mean I, I think the drama the drama melds with the movie in a interesting way <laughs> you yeah. know like I think it's fair to say a lot of people are only watching it because of the drama so you know good good for the movie in that regard like Alamo was pretty much sold out in my screening and i know olivia wilde has a draw and god knows harry styles has a draw but still i don't know (laughs) if i believe this movie would have packed that kind of crowd if not for the drama but the fact that it is a kind of like woman standing up against gaslighting and then the drama surrounding the movie has largely been, as far as I can tell, a bunch of self-owns of all the ways that the movie's production and the people behind it haven't always lived up to the the same level of integrity as the plot of the movie wants you to strive for. Um, <laughs> and I, I got to say, I don't know. I don't know what's fair, you know, because we live yeah. in the age of... You and I listen to podcasts, right? So I will routinely listen to like a 90 minute episode of what the fuck with Mark Marin. And then a day later, I will see a headline that pulls like one sentence that Andrew Garfield said from the interview and be like, Andrew Garfield slams people who are opponents of method acting says blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, yeah. I know they talked for 90 minutes. You're not going to say everything exactly right, and the headline will make it seem like you're making a big deal out of a thing that you might not be. So for all I know, Olivia Wilde, when she said that shit about, quote, why she fired Sheila Buff, or when she made a big deal about women's sexuality being portrayed on screen and all this stuff— For all I know, that was her in a 90-minute conversation just trying to survive, like, a goddamn interview. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And then people take the snippet that they want to hear, and then they're, like, look at her acting like she's this champion of feminism when she's actually a hypocrite, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't don't know what is real and not real with this movie. But it is definitely ironic, at least the narrative that has come out about it, given the way the movie operates.
0: Yeah, what if she was trying method directing and she put the rest of the cast up to all these attacks and treating Florence Pugh this way, specifically to drive the performance that she needed to convey the story she wanted to convey in this film.
1: Yeah, like like my... (laughs) First of all, that's That's some Kubrick shit. (laughs) Um, My theory here based on two data points, which is this and the Q&A for Booksmart that we were both at in uh, when SF Film Festival did an early screening of it, is that Olivia Wilde is maybe unfairly a victim of how other people perceive her success. Like in the Booksmart Q&A, loved Booksmart. It was fun. It was funny. Had a great time. The Q&A was all a bunch of people in the audience showering her for being the first woman ever to direct a women-led comedy. Like, they were <laughs> putting her on a pedestal that she was not putting it on. Yeah, and know. there is no graceful way to answer that. You can deflect it and then be awkward or you can own it and then seem like you are wielding you know the mantle of feminism more strongly than your movie necessarily needed to like it's a no-win situation to be put in that place and i think with don't worry darling it seems like it happened again where it's like everyone is thinking about jason sudeikis so they like want her to be like standing as woman in general in this like (laughs) grand universal view of man and woman that, that culture is watching and they're like isn't it wonderful that you showcase a woman, you know, being pleasured by a man? Isn't that great, Olivia? And she can't do anything but sound infuriating after that. Yeah, so I, I feel I feel bad for Olivia Wilde, basically. And we'll get into it when we review the movie. But I don't know if she deserved all the shit that came
0: her way. Yeah. And, and it's kind of ironic, too, like which we'll get into in, in, in the necessary spoiler segment for this film. Just mm-hmm. the, the type of people who would... Attack her based on nothing but the fact that she made a film that has women in it is it's it's an interesting uh turn of events, I guess.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I but I do think no matter what, the drama is the most interesting part of this movie. (laughs) So I mean I don't know that I feel bad for it, because I don't know if it would have gotten the draw it did without all of the ridiculous drama. Um I don't know if it needed Spitgate. I think it was already at (laughs) All the tickets were sold that were gonna get sold for this before yeah. that happened. But
0: the, I'm the, here for it. The crazy thing about the drama is like like you you know me. I am I am never up on the gossip. Like right. routinely on the podcast before, I would be getting updates on like months old news from Carson on just things that like I should have known but just never absorbed through popular culture. The drama around this film was so weird to me that I was being pulled in because I didn't understand how it could possibly like how these things could possibly be even related to anything related to this film. Like I was like, what? Right. What do you? Why? Why? I don't like. I want like New York Times <laughs> to do a deep dive, <laughs> like spend six months getting to the bottom of what. Scary Serial season on.
1: four. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm telling you, like it was one of those things where it was it was eating me up. It was like the the Lewis Black skit about the if it weren't for my horse (laughs) i wouldn't have spent (laughs) those years in college or whatever it was Mm -hmm. i was just like oh i can't it was like i couldn't get it out of my head i was like how what chain of events led to this it didn't make any sense um but but yeah i I was i was curious about the film before (laughs) and afterwards i was like well i'm not gonna not see it now
1: yeah no absolutely and i i don't think we ever talked about it we both just knew we were reviewing it this weekend (laughs) um (laughs) Because why wouldn't you? It, it it had to be done.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, Can I
1: tell you, and this is like a kind of niche thing that not many people in the world will resonate with because I don't think many people in the world saw this movie. I keep wanting to call this Don't Worry Darling, He Won't Get Far on Foot <laughs> because of that movie that we both watched this starring the, the Walking, walking Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah. 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 I... <laughs> um, yeah. uh, I don't even remember who directed it. Except Drugster, this film Cowboy would be guy, called... wrong with me?
0: This film would be called She Won't Get Far on Foot.
1: Yeah, she won't get far on foot. And she does actually get fairly far on foot when it matters.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, is, that is San, true. He directed, don't worry, he won't get far on foot. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I think because we watched both of them at the Castro Theater during SF Film Festivals, they're just like... No, we watched Smart at Castro Theater and then we watched... Yeah, yeah. not Anyway. It, I, it confuses me every time.
0: I still routinely, just spontaneously think of the scene of him just flying down the sidewalk in the wheelchair <laughs> and just wiping out. Uh, right, that's that movie, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's <totally> yeah.
1: Right.
0: <laughs> All right. Anyway, so we're not here to talk about that film or Walking Phoenix, uh, but we are here to talk about Don't Worry, Darling. So what do you say, Stephen? We get into it. Let's do it. We're going to take a listen to the trailer for Don't Worry Darling, and then come back and give you all a review.
1: <laughs> I, have it, I have it, I have it, I have it. Focus right here. Oh, i
0: have a little drink. You me. I'm always. All of you wives, we men, we ask a lot. We ask for strength, (laughs) food at home, a house clean, and discretion above all else. Boys and their toys, at least we know they're getting work done.
1: Welcome to the Victory Project. We're all here because we believe in the mission. What are we doing? Changing the world.
0: What are we doing? Changing the world. That's right. What do you think they're really doing out there? What do you mean?
1: The one thing they ask of us is to stay here. Where it's safe. Do you even know what the Victory Project actually is? Have you ever asked?
0: Do you? Please. What's actually happening? Stop it, Alice. What if this place is dangerous? What if? No. Jack. It's okay. I'm curious to hear where she's going with this. you to listen to me. They're lying about everything. We are not going backwards. We're pushing forward. Everyone is acting like I'm crazy. And I'm not crazy. Our life together. We could lose this.
1: And I don't want to be here anymore.
0: That was the trailer for Don't Worry Darling, uh, reading the description from IMDb a 1950s housewife living with her husband in a utopian experimental community begins to worry that his glamorous company could be hiding disturbing secrets. Stephen Miller, what did you think of Don't Worry Darling?
1: I thought Don't Worry Darling was mostly perfectly fine, (laughs) not bad um, of a movie. I, I don't mean to damn it with faint praise. I just mean like it... It was a fine movie. Like, it wasn't a movie that was, like, a hot mess, I didn't think. It wasn't a movie that was infuriating me. It looks and feels, like Harry Styles famously said in an interview, like a real movie. <laughs> it's a like, movie-ass it, movie. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's a movie-ass movie, and I agree when watching it. Like, th- a movie that is not a superhero film or, like, a heartfelt indie or whatever, it is rare for there to just be a, like, straight-down-the-middle reasonably big budget movie doing its own thing and this felt like that like i feel like olivia wilde if not for all the drama surrounding the movie this would be a weekend where people watch it they go hey she did that that was like a pretty okay movie it's like a feather in her cap and then the world moves on like i feel like she directs it pretty well for the most part um i have some problems with pacing I think the trailer in particular gives so much of this movie away that for the first, I'm going to say, 80% of the movie, I'm not sure I saw anything that wasn't in the trailer. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I don't really blame a filmmaker for the fact that the trailer gives too much away. You know, it it, it is what it is. Um, I think the movie gets a bit repetitive. It has some visual sequences that it returns to over and over again that are really effective the first time around Uh, we see a lot of them in the trailer we see dancers kicking their legs up and we see um you know like an image of an eye and we hear some audio cues there are things that the movie does to say something is afoot in this victory land (laughs) whatever they call where they live um (laughs) But I think the movie does it well. And I think most of it is because Florence Pugh is a great actress and she continues to be a great actress here. Um, I think the cast is pretty good. Like Nick Kroll and Kate Berlant, It's fun to see comedy people, you know, playing semi-serious in this role. I think the bad guys, I don't think it's a spoiler to say Chris Pine and Gemma Chan are, are, are kind of bad guys in this movie world. Um, like everyone does fine. I think in, in this movie and The things that were grating on me while watching it were how predictable it was and how little was happening. And then in the last fifth of the movie or whatever, a twist comes about that I feel actually justifies a lot of what felt hollow about the movie that came before it. It manages to explain everything, including Harry Styles' inconvincing charm. (laughs) Um, (laughs) it, It does a lot of things surprisingly well and then you think about the twist for more than two seconds and then it fucking blows up um but before that moment that moment when i realized the twist was coming i was like god damn you made a movie i feel i feel good about this and for the most part i still feel okay about it i'm gonna nitpick the hell out of it when we get to spoilers but i thought this was a totally fine three to three and a half stars out of five movie that came out and happened and was totally enjoyable and yeah it's riffing on the stepford wives and the truman show and it's borrowing its best visuals from better horror movies and it's doing audio things that we've heard a million times but it it does it well it i thought this movie was completely fine and kind of unremarkable
0: how did you feel well i mean from just watching the trailer i felt the same way i felt like what what My predictions watching the trailer were identical to my feelings sitting through the first 80% of the film, 95% Mm -hmm. of the film. Right. Where I was like, in my head, I was like, no matter how well or not well this film could possibly be made for Christopher Schneezy, everything will come down to what is the victory project Why is Florence Pugh here? Mm -hmm. What do they do during the day when no one's there? (laughs) Like a bunch of these questions that I might argue are necessary for a story like this. There are ways you can do a story that doesn't require those answers. Say Severance, an amazing Mm -hmm. television show on Apple TV Plus, where... What do the numbers mean? What are they actually doing is one of the fundamental, fundamental mysteries of the show. And while by the end of season one, we don't actually know that yet. That is a strength of the show. It is building around these characters, learning what they can about their situation and trying to make moves. (laughs) Right. And part of what makes that finale of that season so good is like, oh, my God, where have we got to? Where can they possibly go next? How can any any character recover from the cut to black at the end of season one? Like, that is, it's doing, it's firing on all levels. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Don't Worry Darling is a film where the entire time I was like, "I this seems fine right now, but the longer the runtime goes on, the less confident I am that this is going to land the plane. mm mm-hmm. And to no surprise to me, <laughs> this film, like the titular red paint plane in the film, <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. does not land,
0: does not land. <laughs> it careens into the <laughs> earth somewhere off yonder behind the hills for <laughs> no, no explainable reason. And like, I I like this film was fine. I was enjoying the vibe. I was there for the ride. I liked some of the performances, first of all. Chris Pine is phenomenal in this film. Like, he is amazing in this film. He is exactly what this film is trying to do.
1: Can I tell you, when I watched, the, was watching this movie, I was thinking, you know, he reminds me of, like, a Will Shatner type. And I remembered <laughs> <laughs> what else um, he's been cast in before.
0: <laughs> amazing. <laughs> I could see him just, like, you know, sitting on the bridge of the Enterprise. <laughs> commanding a group of people (laughs) oh i love it i love it um he is phenomenal in this film florence Pugh, it's great she's great but i think he for me is really the star um Mm. which is i guess kind of the point of what the story is trying to say
1: um see i i would say he he does what he has to do well but he has the burden of selling the plot of the movie and that Inevitably tarnishes his performance for me because he has to deliver some of the worst exposition Yeah yeah.
0: Um, Well in the the film but, but that's that's the problem with this film is all of the exposition is bad because this film is a half thought I think that this film if you take it as a whole it is a bad film and the story is bad and it's a half Thought and I think that if you if you actually think about anything it's doing It doesn't hold up to any kind of scrutiny at all because this film is a feeling and a concept, but there is nothing beyond the surface level version of what it's trying to do. And I think that as that ending was coming together, I was like, oh, my God, I'm so angry right now. <laughs> like, I was fine with this film. And then it tried to tell me what was going on. And I was like, that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And really, none of it holds up. None of it holds up. Like, we'll get into it in spoilers but yeah, they're, they're...
1: I'm i excited because I have a different I believe that it overthinks the ending. And there is a version where it could have just stopped explaining and maybe given us a more analog explanation where I would be like, I kind of <laughs> like this. I kind of <laughs> like what this is doing in 2022 in gender politics in the world that we live in. And then it kept going. And I was like, oh, no, I, Oh I like... no. <laughs>
0: I, it would be better if it was an analog version. Right. The problem the problem though with this film is is you can sit down with anybody who enjoyed this film and you say, Tell me your favorite part of this film and they tell you, and then you just reply, To what end? <laughs> and <laughs> and and You're really fun at dinner parties. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's one of those like like usually usually I'm like each their own if you really enjoyed this film i'll tell you why i hated it but like i accept that that you got something out of it like any th- any mo, ascribe any amount of motivation to anybody in the film in front of or behind the camera <laughs> and my, my my question is to what end like like motivations don't make any sense there's no reason for anything to happen and it feels like what was written were the scenes that we were going to see but without the context for what it means or why this entire world would have been set up or what anybody gets from it other than the mechanics of it existing. It, it, like, I, I, I can't give a genericized explanation without going into full-blown yeah. spoilers. We'll but... have
1: to go into spoilers because I think I disagree with you there. I still think it botches the ending but I think it's closer
0: to not botching it than you do. <laughs> there there, (laughs) there is a character that buys into victory right and the explanation for buying into victory makes zero sense when you actually take into consideration what victory is like it's
1: If we're talking about the same character who also has served other roles in this movie, um, I believe it is the worst piece of exposition and by far the worst part of the twist.
0: This is what I'll say. If you if you wanted to let's let's say it was your birthday and you wanted to have a party where everyone in the party thought you were just the most amazing person on the face of the planet and like would kill just to hang out with you would you pay 50% of the room to be actors and 50% of the room to be real people? Or would you just pay a hundred percent of the room to be actors? <laughs> like if you mm, could just create,
1: see, this... <laughs> we're going to talk about this in spoilers. Okay. okay. <laughs> I actually believe I can answer to what end for most people with a bunch of plot holes in the mechanism but I think the motivation for most people, and I will give my exceptions and spoilers, is actually pretty
0: okay to me yeah
1: i I just think like I, I just, don't recommend it i don't I don't support their motivations,
0: but I buy them to, to me, I think that victory doesn't benefit anybody i think I think you can't argue that victory does anything for anybody involved in victory and mm. And when the film hinges on what is the purpose of victory and what do these people who are married to people who work for victory get out of this society that victory has created? To me, it just does like I I just don't see it it's yeah, frustrating. I think
1: we're gonna talk in spoilers. I think I'm starting to understand what aspect of that explanation doesn't work for you, and I'm interested in Unpacking it you might be more right than I gave you credit for but we 'll talk about it <laughs> all
0: right, um, but yeah so so things I liked about the film atmosphere seems cool, uh, you know the weird stuff that happens seems cool, like I said, Chris Pine, huge fan of him in this film. I just think that he is really selling that particular role, um, and you know everyone else is is fun, enjoyable there, and you know there are moments of of uh, there, there are moments where, in the context of the, the moment of the film that I, that I enjoy the characters starting to get weirded out by the things that are bringing mm-hmm. them. There's a dinner scene where Florence Pugh is asking people about their their meat cute stories, uh, which yeah. I think is that that film that, that, that scene on its own, perfect, like I, I love the tone of it, the way it plays, everybody's reaction to the questions that she's bringing up. love that. I wish that film. Executed on all those all those things that it sets up and I think that it doesn't in the end. So that's mm-hmm. those are my non-spoilery thoughts Anything else that you want to talk about before we get into spoilers
1: um I don't know. I mean, I, I alluded to horrific elements like more like psychological thriller Visuals that happen, you know that may be happening in Florence Pugh's mind Maybe happening in the real world, uh, many are in the trailer. Uh, there is a scene of suffocating that made it hard for me to breathe while I was watching it um, <laughs> there's a scene of the walls closing in that is very much like repulsion and other movies about like places being disturbing there's creepy dancing a la Suspiria. That, like there are things that I did think were actually executed very well visually in this movie, and in general, it does well at the trippiness of it i. I don't like how many times the men's soundtrack <laughs> comes on, <laughs> and we just hear ha ho, ha 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 or that kind of <laughs> stuff I, I don't I don't dig that. I, I feel like that trend in movies needs to go away it It's happened enough recently, but on a whole, I thought it did well at maintaining the kind of creepy visual, and also there's there's a scene when a character is harmed uh, on a roof that I think is genuinely creepy and disturbing and everything about the tonal aspects of the film work great when it is operating at that level. I do think there's some laziness when it comes to this kind of elliptical storytelling where it cuts. And sometimes it's because Florence Pugh doesn't remember. And sometimes it's just because the movie doesn't feel like explaining to us what happened in between scenes and my biggest criticism of the plot, other than the twist ending being botched, is that Florence Pugh suffers from a classic main character issue, which is not just saying a thing to her trusted partner, but saying it to everyone out loud for the first time. <laughs> and there are a lot of conversations <laughs> that I feel should happen in this movie that don't. And that is just kind of well, lazy storytelling.
0: Let let me... I'm going I'm to try to be vague. And I'll dive into it more in spoilers. If there was a good explanation for what victory was, let's pretend you and your wife live <laughs> live in victory. Yeah. Right? And you work for victory. Sure. If she is, once again, in the context of the film, acting out, <laughs> wouldn't you just tell her what you do for victory? So that way, she would stop trying to find out what you do for victory. It's almost as if the answer to your question could be solved by having a good explanation for what victory does, besides changing the world. Because... Give me mean mean a just, true answer? I mean any answer. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's a problem where, like, the only reason Florence Pugh is worried about what the hell victory does is because she doesn't know what victory does. So he could tell her anything that is convincing rather than try to gaslight her in a way that is like, hey, stop acting out. (laughs) Uh, Everyone else is fine in victory. You are just being dramatic. Uh, He could just be like, okay, I'll tell you, here's the deal. This is what I do every day when I go. This is why it's so important that we do it. I I will start sharing my stuff with you. You know, like he she could literally be his confidant. like you earlier just a second ago you said your trusted partner he mm-hmm. could gain the trust from her and keep her uh from like having these outbursts that endanger their place at victory by yeah, he just could
1: gaslight better basically. <laughs> yeah
0: yeah he could he could it we'll, we'll call it like a, a it's like a white lie version of gaslighting right yeah. it's like a, a little white gaslight <laughs> yeah
1: just like a little mist of gas <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's like guest yeah. I don't know.
1: I get it. We will we'll talk about the psychology. Yeah,
0: it's it's almost as if the filmmaker couldn't write anything that he could tell her that would convince mm-hmm. her that, that victory is important.
1: Yeah. Well, which is funny because there's a version of this story where her the the wool falling from her eyes or whatever has nothing to do with the question of what do all the husbands do for work, right? Yeah. You could imagine a Truman Show thing. This even has that in the trailer with, like, the egg that's empty, you know? There are things like that that you could imagine happening. um And so it kind of, like, didn't need that to be the reason she is freaking out, but it decided to do that, and then I agree there's no good reason for that because... We'll we'll talk in spoilers, but people could so, easily lie.
0: E- even even that Truman Trumanesque version of the egg, right? There are two ways you could read that scene. One is the city of victory is some sort of facade. Mm-hmm. The eggs are fake because Nathan
1: Fielder it, is running it. it. <laughs> it's
0: the, <laughs> like it's the rehearsal, right? Like that. Exactly, that's yeah. that's that's one way you could do it, or. All of that was some delusional thing that she was just seeing in her head and she was actually smushing eggs on her hand and they were falling all over the table, but she was seeing as an empty eggs, right? Mm -hmm. The problem is there's nothing in the text of this film to explain which of those it is. It could be both at the same time, right? And and I think that 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 is, I wish the film was strong enough with its convictions to say we are going to truly stick to one version or the other and but it feels like it's just playing with the visual uh weirdness of these type of stories and it's kind Mm. of bouncing between whether it's purely psychosis or it's the world that is broken and it and it kind of plays in both spaces and dips in and out of both and i kind of like that was putting me on edge a little bit and then when the end happens it just makes me go backwards and go like yeah fuck all those scenes
1: Yeah, I think it is trying to have its cake and eat it too with the explanation in the end, with the twist that makes the psychosis and the world building become one hazy glob of explanation, (laughs) which we can talk about. But again, I don't think it succeeds um, in that. But I think for all the criticism, I don't don't know. I I enjoyed myself just fine watching this movie. I think their party scenes are fun their Mad Men-esque whatever lifestyle is fun to watch for a while. I think when shit goes crazy, it juxtaposes well against that kind of fun party lifestyle. I, th- I think Chris Pine is a lot of fun to watch. I think Florence Pugh is a lot of fun to watch. I don't know. It was a totally, totally fine movie to me. and I'm, I'm not someone where the explanation can make or break it as much. It can make it not be great you know, but it can't make it no longer enjoyable. It's just like, well, it was an enjoyable movie that didn't know how to land the plane.
0: Yeah, cool. Well, Stephen, we have a lot to talk about in spoilers for yeah, now. we have
1: a plane to land. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, somebody's got to land that plane, Steven. A, a oh. plane that, by the way, I feel there is no explanation for by the time you get to the end of the movie. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's,
0: I mean, there's, there's an explanation for it. It's just not good. Okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's one of the things that makes me so mad. It's because like you're not the first person to said like, "What's the plane about?" And and like I just make this, I just make the very serious face, and I'm like, "The plane is just because of X," and that's literally it. <laughs> and then I get really, really mad. Um, but Stephen, it's not time to get mad yet. Right now, it's time to give folks verdicts for this film. So, what do you say? If you're going to give us a must-see, recommend with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it?
1: <sighs> I am somewhere between rental and recommend, honestly. Like, I had more fun than I didn't. I think I'm going to give this a weak recommend with a caveat. I thought it was totally fine, and I think it is a fun theatrical experience. And you've got to know what all the talk is about, right? I. I don't regret watching it. I walked out of the theater being like, yeah, that was, that was fun. You know, it was okay. It's kind of dumb. <laughs> it wasn't dumb enough to be like fun to make fun of. It was just like, yeah, it was fine. It wasn't super it,
0: it, bad. See <laughs> so, so what I did? Yeah, I get it. I, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. yeah,
1: book smart. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, yeah, I'm calling it fine. And, but in this case, I'm nudging fine up from rental to recommend just because of all the cultural
0: conversation that you want to be a part of. <laughs> um, many, many years ago on the podcast, uh, I introduced this uh, <laughs> this statement about the review that I wanted to get, where I set up a scenario which was like, "What if I was in the theater and there was just a massive citywide power outage, or the projector died, <laughs> and I mm-hmm. couldn't actually finish the film, but I had to give it a rating?" I probably would have given it a wait for rental. Um, mm. Having seen the entire Ooh. film. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like, realize we were starting with that as the
0: high watermark. <laughs> that was the high watermark. Uh, like, like you said, when you're watching most of the film, you're like, yeah, this is fine. Like, you know, it's getting the tone right. Some of these performances are pretty dope. Um, but it's not really blowing me out of the water. Uh, it's not blowing me out of the sky either. Um, but when that ending started to happen, I I just I just wanted to shake my head in the theater <laughs> and be like, I can't believe! I want these lights to turn up so I can sign my check <laughs> and get the hell out of here. <laughs> um, I think this is a must-avoid film. I think this film is pretty terrible, <laughs> and wow. we will we will get into it in, in spoilers. But it's just I I cannot I cannot stand for. <laughs> the way this film tries to explain itself and i know i'm christopher schnazy the thing i care about is what is victory and what do the guys do every day and the explanation that i get is probably the dumbest thing i've ever heard in my life um Mm -hmm. so that and that's not just the manhattan talking
1: (laughs) (laughs) they should have called this the manhattan project i feel like that would have been a fun like
0: (laughs) the manhattan projects
1: yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. That's good. That's like a triple, <laughs> triple untouch. <entendre.
0: laughs> oh, man, I'll, I'll send I'll send Olivia Wilde a tweet. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure she'll read it. When 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 I I sort of God, when I got out of this, when this film ended, one of the first things I did was pull open Twitter and just
1: <laughs> serve Olivia Wilde papers. <laughs>
0: no. I pulled open Twitter and did a search to see how many tweets said, don't bother, darling. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And uh, at the time, there were only like eight showing up in the searches, but I figured mm-hmm. there'd be much more. <laughs> yeah. That's no, um, a
1: good review. <laughs> I liked uh, David Ehrlich's letterboxd review, which just said white mirror. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. That's pretty good. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I find it funny when people bash this movie, even though I did not feel it worth bashing. <laughs> But it's a good creative exercise for everybody.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. all um, but, but yeah, that's going to do it for the non-spoiler part of our review of Don't Worry Darling. Um, we are about to get into what will be a lively spoiler section in a second. But for now, we have to say goodbye to people who haven't seen this film yet and who might still want to see it. Um, so, Stephen Miller, people want to find you throughout the week. Where can they do that?
1: Uh, people can find me at twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or
0: sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at Life.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com, where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so in Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. Uh, if you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning, Facebook.com slash the TheSpoilerWarning, or Instagram.com slash TheSpoilerWarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at TheSpoilerWarning.com, or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from a track selected from Artlist.io, so hopefully you are enjoying that. That music is going to fade up. Then a few seconds later, that music is going to fade out and we will be in full-blown spoilers. So if you don't want to get crushed by a pane of glass as you try to wipe it down, you should... uh, I don't know. Figure out what you're going to do. We're going to talk spoilers. See you in a second. (laughs) all right we are back this is spoiler territory it's the after part of our review of don't worry darling um, but we are going to worry a lot here we go Stephen miller should we start with the plane
1: sure yeah tell me tell me why the plane
0: the only reason the plane steven is because the child that was lost of the neighbor who kills herself because she lost her child after she went crazy and walked out into the desert had a toy plane that's literally it. So she sees her gripping the plane the day before she kills herself, where she's mm-hmm. like clearly there's something wrong, and he she sees her dressed all in white holding this red plane, and the very next day, Florence Pugh <laughs> sees a red plane, same model as mm-hmm. the toy, crash in the middle of nowhere, and that leads her to go walking out. It is literally just stringing together imagery that already exists in the film.
1: So it's just her psychosis then at that point, or her yeah brain projecting okay okay that makes me mad (laughs) but the thing is any explanation would make me mad because let's just dive into what the twist is because that is really the heart of this movie where you were fully lost where i was won over and then half lost (laughs) the twist that i like and i have not seen the Stepford Wives Like I'm familiar with it As a touchstone But I'm not familiar With how that movie ends So this might be Very 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 similar To the twist of movies That it is like um, The twist here Is that this is not 1950s 1960s Americana This is modern day And it is a bunch of incels That basically have been listening To uh, You know Joe Rogan <laughs> Or Not <laughs> You know, not not Joe Rogan, who's the guy that like cries. Um the the guy that cries and talks (laughs) about masculinity. Um the internet will will not let me down. Um but while I vamp, I will just uh yeah, I'll I'll go on in the meantime and say this is basically a movie about a bunch of guys who feel impotent and want to live in a world where their wives adore them. And they feel macho and respected. And they all, because this is, you know, 2022, watch Mad Men and see the Mad Men era as the world to aspire to and the kind of man that they would want to be. And
0: Stephen. Yeah. What is my response to that? To what end?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, to what end? Like, I I feel like that is a fine. Like, why do they do that? So, to so, feel more in control, to feel more in touch, Because I think what you were hinting at is why don't they just live in a fake world where they can pretend that women adore them? Why rope their actual wives into this fake world? Is that what your problem is with Steven, it?
0: Stephen, Olivia Wilde has a line where she states that the children are not real. That the mm. children are... We, the only thing that that can mean is that the children are simulated in some way. Okay, they are not played by actors. They are they are not other children trapped in the world. They're completely simulated. If the children are right. simulated, why could the wives not be simulated? If you like if you can just uh fucking what what what's the weird if you can weird science yourself your perfect wife, why do you need to kidnap a woman and brainwash her into behaving the way you want in a control like to me is it just they don't have the compute power to generate more than one city in the middle of the desert? <laughs> like, I you well, so, have okay, a so, simulation. Simulate well, so this better is, and more. <laughs> I'll, I'll
1: get to that point. But this is why you've already leapt into when I think the twist fails. Forget that it's a simulation for a second. Imagine this is a bunch of guys that have been taken in by a cult-like figure jordan peterson by the way is my reference of the man that cries and talks about masculinity or whatever they've fallen they've been red-pilled they've fallen for this guy that says this is how the world should be this is when men were men when wives were you know treated as princesses when they adored their husband when a hot meal was always on the table this is the world we lost this is where we should go I am starting a commune where we are going to live this way. You all, your real potential will come out. Join me. In that version of the world, animatronics are not there yet, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and frankly, for the male ego, for the, the red pill dude ego... He wants to think he is saving his wife, that he is giving her the life she really wants and he is tricking her for her own good cuz that is just how good of a provider he is. Like I think in the analog version of this twist I think it works pretty well. I don't think the weird allusion to weaponry or a plane crashing helps in that twist at all. You know, though those little things don't make sense. Yeah. But this fake 1950s world, which the men see as the height of masculinity and they think is what the women want. I think that alone would be a actually pretty good twist. I think it would explain. Harry Styles feels off it would explain how impossibly doting everyone is all the time him like coming home always being like a sexual like beast or whatever like all of the stuff that feels very sweaty and overdone and very like oh you got Harry Styles so now you're just gonna crank up you know everything to 11 completely fits in a world where he's actually a pathetic dude who is living his fantasy of being the kind of man that he wishes he could be like to me that but, would actually all work very well the virtual reality part loses me completely because it brings up a million plot holes that don't have to be there
0: but, but he also like harry styles his character says when i go to work i'm leaving the simulation And I have to work all day to provide you I know, like it, it doesn't,
1: I know the simulation part sucks
0: (laughs) to what end, (laughs) but like, here's, here's the thing. Yeah. Like first of all, I, I don't understand why, why you can't just simulate everything. Like to me, there's no point in having real anyone because the whole point of the incels is like, you know, like from what I understand of incels is like. Oh, women will never like me because fucking women all are terrible yeah. whatever, right? Like that's what incels believe. But if you want a perfect woman and you have a machine that can create a whole town, why would you not just live in there with fake women that do whatever you want to program them? Like you basically have a holodeck, right? Like
1: you would need you would need to suspend disbelief more to make that work but again Do we you, are not disagreeing the women that the simulation makes it a problem <laughs> right yeah it, like uh, you want men going their own way which is a different form of being red pilled <laughs> those are the guys <laughs> that think they don't need women anymore i think this is a guy who his ego hinges on being the provider for his wife not being the provider for some imaginary woman somewhere, but I have been, quote, using red pill language here, emasculated by my wife. My potential has not been unleashed. She is miserable because of it, and I am powerless to stop it. Let me take charge, grab life by the horns. Let me be the one who does this for her. And I think the for her delusion is why you have the real wife and not just an imaginary wife in there because you can trick yourself into her happiness being real because you are with her, you but know, isn't, and she's doing this.
0: Isn't the other side of the coin of incelness about other men who are the men that you want to be and how you can't be them and they're all assholes or something? I
1: think... Like, yeah, I mean, you're talking about chads.
0: Yeah, I yeah, think... I, I feel like... Going into a simulation with other incel guys and high-fiving each other about how you're rocking your wife's world every night doesn't solve the other half of incels, right? Like yeah, it, but I,
1: I think, okay, so maybe incel is the wrong word here. What, like, Do you remember when the game was popular? Yeah, yeah. You know? And it was all like the like the pickup artist or whatever of like, here's how you like convince women this is what it takes. Like, but this feels like that to me.
0: But Steven, a game isn't a game if the cheat codes are on all the time. Like, like that's literally Chris Pine's whole thing. Is I've been looking for a woman to challenge me, or whatever the line is from. I don't mm-hmm. know if it was in the trailer that I played, or just another. Like that's his whole thing, right? He's like, "Fuck, simulation's not working for me." My robotic wife, um, who has played robotic wives, another yeah in other things before uh is yeah. it's not it's just not doing it for me but this one woman who who can who's divergent <laughs> mm. is really it's really getting me off right now so uh i also couldn't he just make a simulation of florence Pugh and harry styles fucking does he really need to yeah. go into this world what, no, like,
1: i mean his motivations make less sense to me but to me i think he is a cult leader like he's an egomaniac or whatever yeah. And that is why, again, I can't stress this enough. I love the twist when it isn't the simulation. I like the idea of the motivation being that men who feel impotent or weak in their relationships get to go to this world where they they delude their wives, but they're not drugging them with fake happy pills. They are like deluding them into believing that they live in this time when women were subservient to men. And they think you are going to be happy and I'm going to be happy. Yeah, that alone, I thought was a good twist. And when it was coming, I was like, whoa, whoa, movie, you've got more up your sleeve than I thought. I thought this was just going to be like, you know, a Truman Show ripoff, a fake world, and one person is pulling the strings. I didn't know you were going to make it so every man in the movie was like explicitly complicit and knew what the modern world was and wanted i didn't know you were making the village you know like that was kind of my response when that happened i will grant the moment it is a simulation i have a lot of problems (laughs) Um, my main problem what i would call the free guy conundrum is (laughs) if you are a simulation what are the rules why do you have to chase someone in a car that goes the normal speed and on your feet that go the normal speed why are there not mods in this game why are there not things that can stop her from reaching the end i mean you know you can't have your cake and eat it too. you can't have physical truman show where she's gonna like get to the end and open the door in the sky and leave the set and make it be a you know simulation i think both of those don't mesh together
0: so olivia wilde definitely wants to play with the whole Agent Smith thing where, like, the dudes in the red suits are just coming out of nowhere. They're always everywhere. They're mm-hmm. in a dump truck, which, come on. I mean, like, that that dump truck could have been anywhere, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it, it just, it, like, it definitely feels like it wants to play in that space, but it definitely doesn't understand. Or maybe, you know, maybe uh, all the dudes in the red suits can get booted up anywhere or loaded into any part of the simulation they want but the cars are already running in the simulation and we've already established that there's not enough compute power to have another block like he was waiting for that ram upgrade <laughs> to be able to render an extra block one line out from the mm-hmm. center of the city so maybe they can't have other cars added to the simulation so they have to run and grab an actual car that's already there i don't know
1: yeah Did that what they do for a living was interesting to me I don't even know how I feel about it Because again I kind of hate the whole simulation Part of the twist But the idea that the cult leader needs a way to make money So he's basically farming out Doing real jobs to the people In return for getting to live in a simulation Yeah I'm okay with that I kind of wish in the analog version of this That they were the red suit people Like so- the husbands have to serve time Cleaning up this fake world That they, that they made
0: So the thing that I hate about it is this florence Pugh is doing triple shifts or whatever it is just so they can i don't know make rent she can cover he seems to be without a job at the moment um he Mm -hmm. i mean he's sitting at a computer but we don't we don't see him like coding or anything like that he's just listening to the incel weekly podcast or whatever right um and so it seems like he's out of work. She's covering the rent. Their apartment is run down. They don't have hot water, probably because they couldn't pay the water bill or it was just busted and nobody would come by because they're living in a run-down apartment. Like all that stuff is, it implies that they don't have enough money, right? Period. I'm pretty sure a nurse doing three shifts could probably afford to keep the hot water on, on that, in that apartment. If she's locked in a simulation what job is he getting? Like, it it seems like no matter what the guy, it'd be one thing if he's like, Hey, I have a thing you can literally do, which is break rocks in this quarry. So I can build a physical city that you'll live in. Like if, if it wasn't a simulation, he could be doing stuff to keep the simulation going, right? They could be, you know, getting bulk eggs from Costco and putting them in yeah. individual cartons that they 3D printed, right? Like, like, they, like yeah. they could literally, their job is to maintain the simulation. That could be a thing. But because it is a actual digital environment with these little things on their eyes, like even if it was like he owns a medical building where the women are in pods, and the men work during the day to pay the bill for the pod place and then they come there at night, plug in and they right. live their day for the woman's time in the time when they're like it. Also, women have to sleep. Why would the leaving time? Why would they not just be in an actual utopia where they're all on a fucking island in the middle of nowhere where all they can do is like fucking drink my ties all day? Like... Mm. Why do they have to simulate a job because there are time when the women have to sleep anyways, where they don't remember what happened because they were asleep. So if they just turn the women off, then the guy goes about his day, comes back to the simulation and they wake up together in the morning. I, 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 there's just a better ways to do this. There's just <laughs> right. But
1: wait, when, when is the guy going to get to sleep? then? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it doesn't matter because you just turn them on. You turn their consciousness on when you're ready. Right. So. So when you're done with the simulation, you both go to sleep together. Boom. Woman's out. You sleep for a few hours. Wake up. Have your alone time. Do your stuff. Read your newspaper. Listen to your incel weekly magazine. uh, Do whatever you want. Maybe go hit a few rounds of golf with the other incel guys. (laughs) (laughs) And then, then you go do whatever the work is you need to do then whether it's eight hours later 16 hours a day a week a week later you come back and you're like all right, i'm ready for day two let's plug in you know like, like
1: i mean here's the problem because the rules have not been established at all right we don't know what consciousness is like how time flows in this world it seems like time flows linearly except for the moments that florence Pugh suddenly blacks out and can't remember anymore other than that it seems like it is real time that is happening but again i i hate that it's a simulation but the. To me, the simulation was like the lazy, oh, it's 2022, we better update this idea, move on what would have been the perfectly good idea, which is all of these things that are like, too perfect, and cloying, and very 50s glamour, and very superficial, you know, we're partying and drinking every day, my husband goes down on me every night, he's an insatiable animal, the moment he walks through the door, he wants to tear off our clothes, like... All of that being explained by pathetic dudes who are following some culty podcaster guy about masculinity, I 100% buy and think is a good argument. If it had just stuck to that, I think it could have done it very well. And then it fucked it up by setting up this fake digital world where none of those stakes should have to be the case anymore. Doubling down by having Olivia Wilde say, by the way, I'm in WandaVision. (laughs) 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 My- having a big epic chase like all of that I hate I hate that it's digital oh, but oh. the core of the good idea just carried me through to the end
0: what <laughs> one of my favorite dumb moments in this film it, it like and this is not like plot thing it's just a, a, a character does something that's really really dumb is so so Florence Pugh is trying to escape by putting her hands on the glass right um mm-hmm. she's trying to play Simon Says at the top of the hill and right. so she's running up the spiral road right at one moment, she stops and goes, "Huh!" And the camera pans over to show men crawling up the rocks, right? Yeah. So she decides to keep running around the spiral instead of crawl up the rocks away from like right. Like the, you are seeing an army of dudes in suits just scaling like, obviously, they have a shortcut. <laughs> But instead of mm-hmm. doing the same thing they're doing to also take a shortcut, she's like, no, nah, I got time. I can do this. I can run barefoot on the on the, the dirt. Yeah. Backwards and in heels. Yeah. But
1: I mean, did you see the... She made it. You know, she made it. I don't know how. The sense of scale is not that great, you know, in this world. So I don't really know how much they were gaining on her. Yeah, But yeah, that was dumb. That was dumb. To me... To me, Olivia Wilde actually gets the worst lines. I take it back. Chris Pine does not have the worst exposition in this movie. Olivia Wilde does when she kind of breathlessly says, like, I know it's a simulation. I did it because my real kids (laughs) died in real life. And this is the only way I get to be with them. But when the men die in the simulation, they die in real
0: life. (laughs) There's two things I want to say about this. So first is her. (laughs) She says, I know the simulation is fake, but I accept it. Because this is the only reality in which my kids are still alive. Mm -hmm. There is a line Florence Pugh says 30 minutes earlier about how she hates her fucking kids. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The kids like me more than her. She hates her kids.
1: (laughs) Right. But I I mean, I think that's intentional, though. I think it's like. Everyone wants to live this fake life and Olivia Wilde wants to live the life where she can take her kids for granted and be like, oh, they're such a handful. God. But yeah. to me, that was like meant to be a character aspect of her, not um, an oversight.
0: Let, let me ask you this, though. You think if Olivia Wilde's character went up to Chris Pine's character and said, hey, can I talk to you for a second? He's like, yeah. And she was like, yo, I know this is fake, but I want to stay here. Do you think that he wouldn't just let her do whatever the fuck she wants? Because she's basically keeping the husband working. But like, yeah. she's just like, hey, look, we both know you and I can mess around. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like No, I think, I I, I think,
1: I, I mean, what do you mean? Like, I think Chris Pine knows she knows. I think she chose to come there.
0: I, so I assume that all of the wives, cause it said, because it's only, I only assume this because of the whole incel reveal. If it was just a matter of like, If the whole world had died and some rich billionaire, trillionaire, whatever, like if this movie was actually about like Jeff Bezos, uh, a meteor was about to destroy the planet and he took like 12 dudes that he knew. And their wives and put them in this fake simulation. And like the rest, like there was going to be a reveal where like the shield that the plane flew through.
1: Mark Zuckerberg (laughs) brought them to the metaverse.
0: 12 bros
1: eating sweet baby rays every day.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like if if this was just like some rich asshole and like literally everybody's dead. But there's like 12 people left and their significant others. And he's just keeping the simulation going. (laughs) Like that would be a reveal where I was like. That's pretty fucked up. That's crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? But because this was like incels trapping their wives, I was like, there's there's the only thing that makes sense is that Olivia Wilde's character figured it out and said, like, you know what, I'll just go with
1: it. Like I, I didn't No, I I think I think different people come here for different reasons and her and her husband were both like traumatized by the death of their kids, and so they both decided to come into the simulation.
0: Or or this was like a fricking... Manchester by the sea sort of situation (laughs) and and fucking Nick Kroll was like, I don't know what to do with her. And he was, he was complaining about her at a bar and Chris Pine was like, if I got a deal for you, (laughs) right? Huh?
1: Huh? Yeah. No, I like it. Think about it. it. (laughs) Anyway, she gets the worst exposition. And also there's a very strange specific way she says it which is not the immortal words etched into our culture if you die in the game you die in real life <laughs> it is specifically if the men die yeah. they die in real life well i
0: heard man is the most dangerous game <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. um, but like does that imply that florence Pugh wouldn't have died if she died it like there's like a so different th- th-
0: gender th- rules about death that was the part two that i that i wanted that I wanted to circle back on, um, but I forgot it because of my other rant. I have a feeling there were, you know, based on everything else in this film, that there were many different ideas at play, and that there was a different thing that got jettisoned at some point. In which, like, the men are dying for whatever stupid reason, but the women, because like, because the men are like half plugged in, right? But the women are just permanently like, they're like they're like the women mm-hmm. have basically been uploaded to the system. So the right. women are basically the consciousness, it's more like White Mirror, <laughs> where mm-hmm. the women's consciousnesses have been put into the simulation, but the men have to work, so they have to plug in, plug out, plug in, plug out, and right. because they are half in, half out, the death in one place happens in the other place, but the women, as just uploaded consciousnesses, might have been able to just be rebooted or restored from backup if something happened to them, right? right? Um but that that that's like I don't think that's the text of this film. I just have a feeling because that line was way way too specific. It was like yeah. they might as well have been like you know oh people with the Y chromosome <laughs> will die if they're being simulated right you know like it just it didn't it didn't mm-hmm. it didn't make sense w- like why it was so specifically said like that because like, cause she could have she could have literally just said like if you die here you die for real but she said right men, or, or it's just because she's killed men before. <laughs> yeah. And she's learned the hard way that if you fuck with somebody, they're definitely gonna die. Yeah. Yeah, that line was stupid. Yeah. Or maybe they weren't lying earlier in the film where the woman who slit her throat, maybe she really was okay, because women don't mm-hmm. die in the simulation.
1: Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I I don't know why. I, do, I cannot stress <clears throat> how genuinely excited i was when the incel twist was happening in particular it being like like harry styles is like going down a youtube rabbit hole and like while his wife works he's like listening to this guy talk about like the new way or whatever and then i was like oh shit this movie has got something to say and then how quickly that caved into oh fuck when i realized what it was trying to say was like they are still in that apartment wearing little eye thingies that put them in a simulated yeah. reality. Uh, uh, really uh. bummed me
0: out. Also, I, I like that his <laughs> Florence Pugh works at a hospital, but this character is not like hooking her up to IVs. To get... He is squeezing <laughs> towels of water into her mouth. <laughs> And putting drops in her eyes. <laughs> like, it, it's, it's clearly this isn't thought out. Like, I I think the, the guy who's taking all the money from them can have a better system. Like I said, pods, he can have a place where there's pods where he can just stare at the women that he's, like, conned into his little game and keep them healthy. But no, like, <laughs> it's just she 's just laying in her bed, fricking ready player one style, with her eyes right. all all clockwork oranged out, and, yep, and he 's just squeezing a towel into her mouth
1: can Can I just say though, I think this movie does a great service for the way societal standards of beauty, unrealistic expectations in magazines and album covers hurt us all because. The only difference between being the heartthrob in charge of One Direction and being a hideous <laughs> monster is, like, not grooming.
0: <laughs> it's not putting product in your hair. It,
1: exactly. I I don't know what the makeup person did. I hope something. But I was shocked and impressed at how <laughs> completely unattractive Harry Styles is just because there's no product in his hair, <laughs> and, he ha- hair and he has, like, a little mustache. <laughs> yeah.
0: Steven. Shall we should we shave our beards?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, it kind of made me wonder that at the end of this movie.
0: <laughs> oh, man. I'm starting to think Chris Bond was right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. One last question about the simulation, Stephen. Why does a doctor need to prescribe drugs? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't. Um, I have no answer. I, I have no answer for any way that the world of simulated reality inter- intersects with the world of real life. I, I don't know. I have no idea. I don't think they thought that out at all.
0: Yeah. And, and, and I think, too, like, one of the things, another reason I hate, well, one of the reason I don't like the crazy shit that we see in this film is because in the text of the film, it, it, it is literally a form of psychotic break right? Like mm-hmm. she has been electroshock therapied <laughs> Um, and you know, s- drugged by digital drugs and a bunch of things. And it's causing her brain to, uh, slip out of the reality and see things that aren't there. Things are going wrong. Like if you watch a film, uh, like, uh, the invisible man, right. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing about that story is people are gaslighting a woman who is probably right, <laughs> right? Like, even, even on her own side, mm. she doesn't 100% know whether she's crazy or she's right. But, like, the whole point of the story is, or take something like uh, Homeland, right? Um, where Clara Danes is, like, a person with bi- bipolar disorder and is, believes something that nobody else believes. And part of the thing is, like, yeah, but is is she right? Like, like sure, she's medically diagnosed as being somebody who might not be reliable to you, but she's probably freaking right. Maybe you should listen to her, right? Like that, that's the whole thing that it's doing there. This film, she is actually suffering from stuff caused by the environment that she's been placed into. And it's not a matter of like, well, is she right or is she wrong? It's, it's both she's crazy and the world is fucked up, <laughs> right? So it's kind of mm-hmm. like, it, it, it doesn't, there's no conflict in the craziness that's happening t- because they're treating it like, a horror film where like she is being haunted right like that that is the way they treat it and those things she's experiencing are caused by the situation but it's not like a matter of like It was kind of crazy how he just showed up and watched us while we were fucking, right? Like, it's not, it's not like, just about those sort of situations where she doesn't trust Chris Pine and she is worried about what's going on and needs to find all this stuff. She is also being played by these things where she cannot tell the difference between reality and non-reality because she's not in reality. And it's kind of like that. I think that undercuts that narrative of, like, being gaslit by incels um, in a way that just, like... I don't know. There's too many things that make me like, as I think about it and break it down, I'm just like, Oh, and this was all happening in real time as that ending was happening where I was like,
1: (laughs) yeah. And it all is kind of confounded. Like I talked about how the, the explanation turns psychotic break and the world is fake into one goop because this is happening in her brain. It It is like part of why the simulation thing is so dumb. Yeah. Because in one hand, she is hooked into a simulation. So the world is not controlled by her. The world is not a projection of her brain. But then clearly it is a projection of her brain in all these different examples, like the airplane. right? Yeah. And the rules of that make it really frustrating because we don't know when things happen in the simulated world is that like her brain resisting to receive the stimulus the right way and putting in the subconscious truth that she knows to be there and it turning into the world being like that therefore that isn't a psychotic break that is the real world intruding on the fake world it it complicates all of it in a way that i don't think helps the narrative of the story at all but yeah, I, I don't like that it's a simulation. <laughs> like, I, I don't like that there's red people running around. <laughs> if if this is a simulation, she shouldn't need to take Veep Guy's, um you know, medical file when he's not looking and then burn it later because all of that is recorded. Like, everyone knows what she's doing. Yeah. You know, they can just rewind the tapes. Yeah, yeah. So, simulation, dumb. <laughs> don't like.
0: Yeah, and then if it wasn't a simulation... Then I have questions about economies of scale. How, like, mm. like when a new person shows up, you now have to provide that much more food and everything for everybody. So it's like, are they all just smushing cockroaches into little pills that everybody eats? Like, is this like a? You know, right. Like,
1: My answer is life insurance policies. You basically kill those people off and collect their life insurance, like and you kill them off in the real world, they and they move yeah, in to the real the, world, yeah. and then secretly put them in the commune, and that should fund. Fund this lifestyle, especially if you combine that with the men all having to work in like the mines or whatever they're doing to make money in the analog version of this story,
0: yeah, man, see what would be smart. Imagine this. what if Chris Pine was a doctor, and the women were in a coma in the hospital, but it was a medically induced coma, and he'd just been like, Yeah, we're doing the tests like She's in there. We can see activity. Like, I think it's okay. But then secretly they were running into simulation. So it's like to the rest of the world, they're just in the hospital. Like, and, you know, people are coming in, sponge bathing them as part of their normal job. They have IVs giving them all the nutrients they need. Like, just have it be their actual medical condition. <laughs> Yeah, and then you can already
1: see the reveal too in like the flashback when like she's walking in the hospital after her shift and she passes Chris Pine (laughs) as a doctor.
0: (laughs) Think about it. Think about it.
1: Yeah, you did it. I think I think you're making a better movie. Yeah,
0: yeah. So so she's walking by. She slips falls on the ground and it's got that blurry view and he's like shining the light in her eye to see if she's okay and she's like oh who's this dreamy doctor and then smash cut to her her just (gasps) waking up in the middle of the (laughs) the victory area um yep
1: yeah Uh, yeah i think unfortunately the twist was only designed to survive on a metaphorical level of women with potential Like, for instance, she shouldn't be a nurse. Like you said, if she's working a triple shift, they shouldn't be living paycheck to paycheck the way that they are. But the movie wants her to be a nurse because she has, like, real career potential that is being squandered by the man. And the man has put them in a hamster wheel where he is miserable, but he thinks he's doing it all for her, even though he's subjugating her. And it wants to live in metaphor land, and then it turned it into sci-fi, and that doesn't work.
0: Yeah. All I know is I have marked down enough things on my little note card here that I think I am going to remake this film, but this time from the man's point of view, and it's just going to be called Worry mm-hmm. Darling. <laughs> yeah,
1: Jason Sudeikis directs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, worry Darling, right? Get it? Because it's.
1: <laughs> yeah he's you know in a way his ted lasso character is gaslighting all of us the way that british harry styles is gaslighting
0: <laughs> all right any last thoughts Stephen?
1: i think we've gotten out all the possible thoughts for this movie
0: <laughs> what are we doing here steven
1: uh i forget what chris fine says <laughs> changing, We're making podcasts changing the world change the world <laughs>
0: All right, same thing we do every night. <laughs> all right, thank you everybody for listening, and we will see you next weekish sometime, maybe later, yeah. with a review of Blonde. Blonde, which I'm all sure right. is not going to involve at. A-
1: <laughs> yeah, with <They're> no sure- <laughs> gaslighting at all. <laughs> all right, bye. <laughs>